You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 176. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter. And I'm joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado and artist extraordinaire, Roshan Warner, at Roro. Hello, hello. Oh, God. I'm a little sick. Sorry. (laughs) Hello. We've given you the sickness. Passed along. (laughs) And the host of Large Popcorn and video essayist Christian Macias at ISO Christian. If you love me, you will be going outside tonight and staring up at the green comet. Whoa. Green comet. I want to see a green comet. Hell yeah. You, you want to know something else interesting? The there's, first time since the Stone Ages. I'm sorry. What else is it? Wow. There's That's all, awesome. This month is the first time for the next like 600 years or something that we're getting four Mondays, four Tuesdays, four Wednesdays, four Thursdays, four Fridays, four Saturdays, and four Sundays in the month. Exactly. What does that mean for my paychecks? Nothing. Evenly distributed throughout the year? Sure. I guess. Uh, yeah. Anywho. Gage is working. We will miss you, Gage. But thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube.com slash at PodcastPXN and Twitch.tv slash PodcastPXN as well. The topic of the show this week, guys, is our discussion surrounding live service games and maybe their destruction, possibly. Uh, But first, the show always starts with the quick bites, so let's go ahead and jump right in however before the quick bites i i did want to discuss this right at the um onset of the episode uh actress annie wershing uh who played tess in the last of us game ad- adaptation has unfortunately passed away uh from cancer at the age of 45 uh definitely some sad news there uh terrible uh she leaves behind uh three boys um and uh, she had family members put up a Go, GoFundMe uh, to support um, those three boys. Um, so I encourage you uh, to go out and look that up and, and search it up. We also have it in the description of the, the show as well. So, yeah, rest in peace. And then all the, uh, a lot of the big outlets and you know, people like Neil, who you know, directed Tess, the original, have all come out supporting uh, supporting the family and also been linking the um, the GoFundMe, which has been nice to see. So I'm pretty sure people have been coming out to support, which which I mean, very unfortunate. Like cancer just sucks. Period. So absolutely awful disease. Moving into the quick bites, guys. So we'll try to make it a little bit more lighthearted here. Road 96 is on the road to getting a new story called Mile Zero coming April 4th row. You're excited? Yes, sir. I mean, <clears throat> I, I put this in the chat as if I was excited, but I, I may not play this. I think I was more excited that the fact that they are getting the chance to make another game in this series. Because I'm pretty sure... Nope, I'm wrong. They pl- they've made other games before. But I feel like this is this Road 96 and one before this kind of was their their more popular out of the ones that they made. 
and it was good enough to, I guess, warrant a sequel. So I was just happy to see that they're not disappearing because a lot of indie devs, that can happen. So I'm just happy that they're making more. Um, I might play it. I, I liked Road 96 a lot, not enough to finish it, but I got really close. So if they're making another one and it's better, then I would definitely check it out for sure. Heck yeah. Moving on, Battlefield 2042's update 3.2 has arrived. It is a big one. Uh, this, of course, comes with it. The new class system returning to Battlefield. Uh, of course, a lot of fans were disappointed at the launch. Uh, they did not have the class system. Uh, so they're introducing playing as the familiar assault engineer, recon, and support. Um, as they return to the class system, customize your class with a class equipment, gadgets, and weapon proficiencies. They reworked uh, a map breakaway, which they've done that already on a couple of other maps as well, uh, which is very cool that they're actually looking at that. Um, new vault weapons that they're adding, new suppressors and scopes and thermoscopes and such. Uh, so yeah, a lot of good stuff coming to Battlefield 2042. You get some players back into it uh people i mean yes and you know people like jack frag i think has a has a big influence on me sometimes that i watch his videos pop up a lot on my youtube feed and he's always uh, he's a big battlefield guy so whenever he posts videos like is battlefield back it's always kind of a clickbaity but like when i see it in action the way he's playing and he's he's got new videos up it's like it does feel like it's back but i don't know if it's if, if i'm gonna download this huge update and get going maybe if the lads want to squat up i might i might heck yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if anyone's watching this video right now i'm just playing with the video settings as you guys are talking just <laughs> oh wow yeah my goodness. stupid video Do you hate me not, no no i'm listening to everything you're saying i'm just this video is irritating me <laughs> anyway. uh christian oh i have that up here anywho uh, I forgot to put it in there. Uh, <laughs> sorry. This is great live banter here. IGN reports that PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo will not be part of E3 2023. Uh, obviously, I don't think this was a big surprise in terms of Nintendo and Sony not being a part of it because they already haven't been a part of it well before um, the pandemic anyways. Uh, it is interesting that Xbox is kind of stepping away from this role because Microsoft is... I believe on the board of the ESA who runs E3. So if they're stepping away, then I think you guys got a problem there, ESA. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, what what what, what, is, what is there to watch now? Uh, yeah. We got Square and and Ubisoft, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, who could have foreseen this, right? That they the the big boys would want to do their own thing and not spend a bunch of money to rent <laughs> some arbitrary space. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. My God, it is it is sad though uh, to see that what oh, how yeah. E3 has devolved over the years. Um, but like you were saying, Christian, it is it's it's uh, not super surprising that uh, with how d digital things have become, that it's just easier to save money. And with Summer Games Fest as well, just whip up a nice mm -hmm. little reel and send it over to Jeff, and there you go, you got a press conference right there. So yeah, and it's also like I think. For a while now, companies have just been on their own timelines where they're going to show off stuff when they're ready to show off. Like, they don't need E3 anymore, which is the sad reality, right? Sure, we, like you say, we do have Summer Games Fest. Like, when there is stuff to show, like, we'll throw Jeff a bone or two. 
Um, and they're big bones sometimes, you know. We got Elden Ring showing off and Armory mm-hmm. Core at, at Jeff's stuff, I think, both of them. Um, but yeah, like, Sony isn't, like, case in point, they haven't done a PSX in a while. They didn't even do a state of play, or sorry, not state of play, uh, the showcase last year. And, and there's an argument to be made that, like, maybe they needed one. Maybe they didn't. Who knows? But, like, they're going to do it whenever they want to, and, and they're not going to be just, like, forced to do it on one week in the summer every year when maybe they don't have stuff ready to go. And I, I heard that this, I could be wrong, but I heard that this E3 was longer than usual. Like, it's not, it's more days. Is that right? Or, or are you guys not sure either? I could try and figure I out. I didn't hear this. Okay. I believe I might you, be though. crazy. Yeah. I can't uh, Tuesday, June 13th to Friday, June 16th. And usually it's like Thursday to Sunday, right? I guess it's the same amount of days, just a different time of the week. I don't know. Are you talking about the conferences or the actual like show floor? Um, I don't know. It just just the event, I guess, from when it starts and when, yeah. Conferences used to be one Friday through Monday or Saturday through Monday, and then the rest right. of the week was show floor for audiences, and yes. like the week before was for uh, like judges week. Okay, maybe it's shorter, honestly, in some cases. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay. That's mm-hmm. something to keep an eye on, I guess. Who's gonna but, buy yeah. the booths? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's gonna buy booths for that? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Real quick, oh. the alternative we have now, though, of like things spread out for like I don't know three months. I don't. I don't know. Like it, it feels messy sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah, I wish it was uh, a bit more organized when E3 was kind of bigger. Um, it just felt like mm. I knew I know when big announcements are going to happen. Get excited around that week, and uh, I mean, to an extent, it 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 is messy, but it's also a little bit more fun sometimes. Like you never know what you're going to get on a random yeah. Thursday. You could freaking Metroid Prime trailer could drop. You never know. But yeah, I agree. I I I really like those. Uh, those just fun gatherings that we were able to have and just know that it was happening this this week. Sure, but also we also get like a um, chance for smaller games to shine. Yeah. Be- because true. it's dropping on a random day or whatever. Like, oh, there's yeah. some cool stuff dropping that otherwise would have been drowned out by, you know, Zelda 3. Right. Of all 3. I'm just, I'm just saying stuff. Yeah. And you know the three people, the three uh, major publishers aren't going to really give a crap about what the other ones are doing, so they're not going to line up with Jeff and say, "Oh, we'll do, we'll take this day, and then you know, so yeah, PlayStation yeah. gonna have that day." Yeah, sucks, but anywho, we'll see. <laughs> We've got <laughs> a bit of a turn here from my predictions from the beginning of the year already. Microsoft is raising the price of Xbox Series S and X in Japan on February 17th. The Xbox Series X is going from 59,970 or I'm sorry, going to 59,978 yen, which is roughly $460 US, which was it used to be $422 US roughly. Uh, the Series S is going to 37,978 yen, which is roughly 291 US in would have equivalent to uh, been inclu- uh, been equivalent to two hundred and fifty three dollars previously. So 
So a bit of a price increase there after Daniel predicted no price increases. But I can't remember if I said globally or just the U.S., but I hope I said the U.S. in my prediction. <laughs> what, uh, was it you or Gage who predicted? I thought I did, didn't I? That the price wouldn't go up on Xbox? I refuse to check. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. It'll be a surprise. It'll be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Crew Motor Fest has been announced for 2023, guys. Any Crew fans in here? (laughs) No, not me at least. (laughs) Well, I mean, we can enjoy watching this trailer. UB, what the f are you doing? We don't want this. We want Splinter Cell. We do want Splinter Cell. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and even in the comments here, it's like, this is just. A worse horizon there right. a lot of people are saying it's like no forza should... horizon mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah the crew i mean yeah is a worse forza horizon um i mean just like i mean i assume this this game was in development long before all their troubling uh statistics have been coming out but this doesn't seem like the game that is going to save ubisoft right about now I think the location is kind of interesting in Hawaii, but that is true. Yeah. That is cool. Thought that was neat as well. See? Doesn't get me mm-hmm. wanting to play it though. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, guys, this is a little bit of a beefy quick bite, but I'll try to just go through it real quick. Uh, we got a bit more clarification for Halo and three four three yet again. I feel like we've talked about this three straight weeks now, so I apologize in advance. Uh. Jason Schreier, though, this time has come out with a a report detailing uh, restructuring of 343 and uh, Halo's, you know, future, I guess. Um, Apparently, the studio and franchise essentially all but starting from scratch. Uh, At least 95 people have been let go from 343, which their studio is about four to five hundred people. So a pretty good chunk of people uh, gone. Almost 20 percent. Right. That's crazy. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, And they're also saying that Halo is switching to Unreal Engine with a new game codenamed Tatanka, which it's been the long-rumored Battle Royale that's been in development with a certain affinity. Um, And, of course, Tatanka originally was supposed to be just a Battle Royale mode for Infinite, but now it seems to have evolved to become its own game. Uh, so I don't know if that means it's going to be more than just the battle royale or if they're just going to try to distance themselves from infinite or what that all means. I don't know. Um, it is interesting there. Uh, I, I, the interesting part is the rumors were last year that, um, development had restarted on Tatanka that it was originally in the development engine of Halo infinite. And so now that they're moving to unreal engine, if that is true, it's going to be a long time before we see this. We're not going to we're not going to get this mm. this year like I was hoping for uh, initially. Um, and also, uh, according to Schreier, uh, reports sounds like um, there was a lot of people that were at three four three that were messing with prototypes and Unreal Engine for different story based content for Halo. Uh, but of course, most of them were let go because of the campaign team being let go. So. The company is not actively working on new story content, which is similar to what we had heard last week as well. Um, so yeah, that's all. Ugh, 
that that kind of sucks uh i think the engine stuff is interesting there's a rumor also that for uh, there's going to be a forge port to unreal meaning the halo infinite forge to unreal who knows i think the biggest thing though switching game engines is an interesting thing i i think gage has talked about it in uh, positivity towards it in the past you know unreal engine is one of the biggest engines out there a lot of developers know it it's easy to work with i think there is a danger with switching engines though because when you have an established franchise like this are you able to get that same feeling of that game franchise in a different engine because you literally are building it from the ground up you're not working with what's already there i hope that they're able to do that i don't know until we see it uh or play it i guess um but yeah uh i just hope they can they can actually uh, deliver on that front um so i guess we'll see we'll see but in a year's time i'm sure oh yeah it'll be not anytime soon no. yeah Moving on from there, Jason Trier's got some more reports for us that yesterday an EA has canceled a single-player Titanfall slash Apex Universe single-player game. And uh, this sucks because a lot of people were hoping for this. So, yeah, codename was Titanfall Legends, and it had a development team of 50 developers who will now be moved to other projects or laid off. I saw a tweet yesterday. I'm sorry, Ro, please. No, no, go, go for it. I saw a tweet yesterday, someone praising EA, like how different they've been transforming over the years to, to be like, yeah, we have a lot of single player games coming out. And more than that, like Respawn needs more time to polish their product. We're going to give them a couple more weeks, right? I'm I'm kind of skipping ahead to another story here that I think you might have written down, but Jettis Rover did get delayed. Sorry, Dan, I stole your Um. And then, you know, the next day, here we go. Um, they can't cancel an entire game for a, a fan favorite fan favorite franchise like Titanfall, which is very sad because there's been a lot of vocal... Sure, we're, we're probably a minority, but there's a lot of vocal people who would love to see another Titanfall game. Um, even if it is, like, mixed with the Apex universe. After all, the Apex universe is the Titanfall universe. It's in the Titanfall universe. Titanfall came first. Yeah. Um, but here we are. Crazy. I wonder what, what why they why they did that because like you said, Christian, I, I feel like Apex is so so huge. Like it, it was such a hit when it first came out, and I feel like there's still a big community around it. And like you said, there is that community of people who love Titanfall. I feel like it's a win-win. You get both those crowds. Um, yeah, it's weird that they they didn't they didn't continue with it. I don't even know what do we know what kind of game this was. Was this like a mobile game maybe or something? Maybe that's why. I don't think from the impression I got, it was a fully fledged like fully single player game. game. Yeah, especially with fifty devs, like surely yeah. that wouldn't be a mobile game. I wouldn't think, but yeah. who knows? I wonder Very what sad. caused them to shut it down. That's that's a weird one. It seems like a an easy win for them, honestly, with those two franchises. Indeed, mm. indeed. And as Christian alluded to, Star Wars Jedi Survivor has been delayed six weeks to April 28th for additional polish. Uh, Respawn said for the last three years, the Jedi team here at Respawn has poured its collective heart and soul into Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And we are proud to say the next chapter in the tale of Cal Kestis is content complete. We are now focused entirely on the final stage bug fixes to enhance performance, stability, polish, and most importantly, the player experience. They go on to say a bunch more here, but that gives you the gist of it. And uh, 
I think that we can agree, guys. This is going to turn this game into a 10 out of 10 game <laughs> for my fantasy. I don't know about all that, but it is very nice to get um, some space away from. So March previously, I had written down. This is for me. There's more games obviously coming out, but like this was the week before RE4 remake. Ooh. Like if I were to start Jedi Survivor, I would not have finished it before RE4, and I'm, I want to play RE4. Uh, now I get to enjoy RE4 on my own play on my own pace, and and uh, boot up this at the end of April. But I have to be quick because Tears of the Kingdom is is early May, or so we hope. Oh yeah. Also, this is this is a week after, uh, or I think a week before. It's within a week of uh, the Horizon DLC. So once again, rip to that universe. <laughs> I cannot catch a break. Mm. That's terrible. I, yeah, you hate to see that. And I'm glad you <laughs> mentioned Resident Evil Four Remake, Christian. That's another game that's going to be a ten out of ten banger. Hey, <laughs> I'm going to get you all the. You know, we we it. hope so. We hope so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was the Dead Space Metacritic? Like 90, 89? Oh, we'll get there, Christian. We'll Our, get there. RE4 remake is going to be uh, like the same for sure. Oh, hell. Yeah. I'm sure you guys must have seen the, the new footage that we released. No. You probably don't want to see it. You like, yeah, I'll just play the game. Mm-hmm. Wait, of RE4? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I don't think I've seen it either. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, keep it that way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Save, save it. It nice. looks good. It looks good. <laughs> Heck yes. Heck yes. All right. Moving in to our next quick bite. Far Cry 7 and Far Cry multiplayer projects are officially in the works at Ubisoft. Uh, originally, I had this in Street Meat, but I don't think we really care about this that much, so I moved it here. So, yeah, here we are. Far Cry 7 on the way. Ubisoft going back to their <laughs> bread and butter of their, their established franchise. Yeah, I guess. Not for me. I'm sorry. I, I haven't played a Far Cry game in forever. Uh, let's hope this multiplayer bre- game isn't another Battle Royale, right? Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that makes sense for Far Cry, though. Like, that could be interesting. I don't know if there's a, as a, if there's a fun take on that. Right. Um, in, in, in this day and age. Like, it's, we're on the verge of getting oversaturated with these things, as we'll discuss a bit later on. Um, remember when they did uh, Blood, uh, what was it, Blood Dragon? Uh, yes. That the, like, yeah. yeah. That was the coolest thing they'd ever done with Far Cry. And then they never did anything like that again. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they, they tried it with, what was that? The one with the, the twin sisters? The horror one or thing? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There, there might have been another one that I'm, that I'm missing. But uh, there was like a post-apocalyptic one with the two sisters that I'm trying to remember from Far Cry 6, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Where they brought um, back like all the villains or whatever from... Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is neat, and like I wish they did more more of that stuff. Yeah. And people wanted Far Cry Blood Dragon Two. They wanted that to come back in a another yeah. game, and it never came. Never came. All right, guys. The but last. Oh, sorry. No, go on. Go on. All right. The last quick bite. The DC Universe is about to change for. Oh, I'm sorry. Is incorporating video games into their plan, according to co CEO James Gunn. Uh, <laughs> I guess the DCU is attempting something not even Marvel is trying to do. <laughs> That's the headline for IGN. I thought that was funny by Matt Kim. Uh, during a press conference, Gunn revealed, and what we're doing with the DCU is we are having animation tied directly into live-action television and movies and games, all intertwined within the same universe. We're going to cast actors that are going to 
to be able to play the characters in this as well as other things. This sets up a possible future where an actor cast in the DCU could potentially voice the same character in a video game. But incorporating video games into a cinematic universe is much easier said than done, considering not even Marvel and its Disney-backed power have attempted something similar. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, because yeah. games take forever to make. So, yes. and, like... <laughs> If if they plan to slot this into some arbitrary timeline, then this will one thousand percent not work. However, I watched the James Gunn like video that he that DC posted, yeah, and the way he talked about it and the way they're approaching like um, the writers' room for these is very much like we just want to tell cool stories. Like, sure, these things are in, like interconnected because they're all part of the DC universe, but like they're they feel much more like individual. If that's the case, you know. Then that yeah, whoever they cast as Superman, what comes in and voices a few lines for whatever game for the Wonder Woman game that Monolith is making, that could work. You know, it's still in universe, but true. Yeah, if it's if it's like on a, like a, the MCU timeline, I, I don't I don't know about all that, Chief. Personally, yeah, I get a little worried for the same reason <clears throat> as well. Um, I I don't know if it's like I mean maybe it is. Marvel just hasn't attempted it, but I also think it might be Marvel doesn't want to do it either. Like they have their Marvel Cinematic Universe and that works and their Insomniac stuff is working and their Midnight mm -hmm. Suns and all that kind of stuff. There's no reason to connect it. DC is obviously just trying something a little bit a little bit different and we'll see if it pays off. It, it could be cool, but uh, I don't know. Right now, I, 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 I'm curious to see how it would work because right now it's, it's hard for me to imagine it all connecting in a in a Seamless way. It seems like it'll be hard to pull off. Christian, are you going to say something? <laughs> the, the worst thing they can do is do the Marvel route where, like, you have to watch this thing, right. this TV series to understand <laughs> our, you know, subsequent movies. If they do that with the games, they're fucked. I'm sorry. Because I, <laughs> right. I won't, I refuse to do that. Well, I don't want my, my fun to be work. The other thing is, is it's like games are already difficult enough for developers to make. Imagine a development studio trying to work with another development studio making two different <laughs> games God. and they somehow got to make those work together. Like, yeah, that that's going to be interesting. If it works, it could be cool. But yeah, it, it, yeah I don't know. Seems a little optimistic. <laughs> yeah. The Flash is almost here. Apparently it's amazing. Yeah, that's why all said. despite all things, the flash is almost here. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see his tweet, Christian? Where he's was it a tweet row that he said that uh James Gunn said that the Flash is one of the best superhero movies he's ever seen. I think it was in the actual video yeah. he said that, but okay. it might have been a tweet. The CEO as well. of DC says he likes his own movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's not even his movie, but I was surprised. Well, like, you know what why I mean? would, yeah. But like why would he say that? Like Yeah, he doesn't have he's to. He's not gonna say, say it's ass. ass. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness! Insane. I'm sure. I'm sure. Actually, I'm actually sure the movie's fine. It got very positive feedback from screeners. Not that that means anything, right? But um, yeah. yeah. Good luck, DC. Yes. I mean, James. Uh, what's this? James Gunn. I already forgot his name. He's a cool dude. So hopefully this all works out. Mm. But uh, as I think we're all on the same page, we're kind of skeptical right now. Sure. 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 Indeed. Into the street meat. Let's beat up some dead meat. Jesus. I don't know. Uh, 12, violent. <laughs> 12 minutes of Verizon multiplayer alpha footage has leaked. This is, of course, the next game coming from Gorilla, reportedly. 
Uh, and it has people making it making a lot of comparisons to Fortnite with its cartoony look. Uh, and of course, it's been known for a minute that Gorilla is working on this. Uh, the Netherlands-based studio uh, announced back in December 2022 that a new internal team is hard at work on an online project featuring a new cast of characters and a unique stylized look. Uh, yeah, I did not see this until you sent this to us, Christian, and I'm not sure how I feel about this. I'm not sure. what What is this? I guess it's alpha, so like, yeah, you know, any video is going to look like, I don't know, but doesn't look fun from what we're seeing and the characters look pretty uninspired i mean sh- what, what given with the comparison to fortnite uh, on their own like sure they, they, they do look like very cool characters and they look kind of in universe but i don't know something about it just feels a bit generic and like i kind of question who is this for um i don't know sony multiplayer projects are all pretty often hit or miss and they're most often misses the hits are few and far between, and they've canceled and gone away with a lot of their hits from the past. I'm looking at, you know, SOCOM, um, Killzone. Those, those are gone. So, like, what, like, they're trying to do new stuff. And this does not look very appealing, at least to me. And it seems like a lot of people on Twitter are feeling the same. I would want to see more of, like, a finished product to see, like, what there is to do beyond just, like, remember crafting in Horizon? You could do that now, but with other people in the world around you. It's like, okay, well, what else can we do? Are there quests? Uh, again, it's going to take time before we see something like a presentation but so far i'm I'm not impressed from from these leaks yeah uh it's 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 kind of like the gta well it's not like the gta leak but it's in the similar vein of like this is what video games look while they're being developed it's not pretty right and i think uh that's something that should be said before we rip into it sure. but i think it's worth to rip it rip into it as well at the same breath because it doesn't look super inspired as christian was saying um, the art style doesn't make it feel like Horizon to me at all, and I don't know. I mean, it's it's fun to like expand on the universe and stuff, but when you, I feel like when you take it to, to a, a certain degree, it just becomes like it's not that anymore. And I'm kind of getting that vibe uh, from the art style of this. And I think the art style is really cool. It just doesn't fit in the Horizon universe for me. Um, but I guess again, we have to see more. This is super early stuff. I'm sure the people who are making on this wasn't expecting this to be on Twitter's timeline right now, but here we are. Um, yeah, I'm. I I don't know if I'm interested to see more when it comes. <laughs> I'll I'll look at it, but yeah, from what I, what we're seeing here, <laughs> I'll look uh, at it. I'll look at it. <laughs> what we're seeing here is like, okay, this just looks like a game I've played before, but in the Horizon universe, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> and like what are you Absolutely. doing in this game like what that's what i'm confused about like what is this game yeah. gonna be like structurally was like a, did they say it was like monster hunter vibes or something oh okay i I could see that i, I guess yeah but like that's I, not why people play horizon though people right. you know appraise yeah. it for its like sci-fi story i have problems with this with its quest writing but like whatever that's just me it's that, that you know Widely, it's 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 the story content that people are drawn into Horizon and the and the gorgeous graphics from the Decima engine. <laughs> Again, like Rose said, like we're not going to be talking about graphics at this point, but for art style, yeah, it does like look very unappealing and it doesn't feel like Horizon, which is yeah, great from you, Ro. Like you're right, doesn't feel like Horizon, but yeah. Tyler is in the chat. I apologize, I missed your comment. So many release dates are delayed this year. Yeah, it's the 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 delays of video games constantly. I've only just begun. Yeah. So. 
Sorry, James Gunn's DC. <laughs> well, but you may be saying sorry to James Gunn's DCU, oh but welcome, <laughs> welcome to the PXN News of the Week, <laughs> where we are introducing the TRU, the Tomb Raider universe, Christian. Oh, no. The TRGU? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, not games. It's, uh, yeah. Hey, keep going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so apparently Amazon has reportedly bought the rights to the Tomb Raider franchise from Embracer Group, uh, which is our first story to go along with this. And that's for a cool $600 million. And that's after Embracer Group bought literally Crystal Dynamics, mm-hmm. Idos Montreal, Square Enix Montreal, and all of their IP for only $300 million. How are these people making a profit <laughs> and keeping all the... I mean, most yeah, of the stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's what too mean? funny, dude. That That's too insane. funny. That's on Square for just fumbling. Absolutely fumbling. They didn't value their franchise pro- properly, clearly. Insane. Uh, but also, to, you know, add to our TRU, Christian, Fleabag star Phoebe Waller-Bridge is writing a new Tomb Raider series for Amazon. I know Christian loves these cinematic universes that's why i keep saying well well, like when i saw this news i was like i I, the first thing i saw was like phoebe waller bridge is writing uh, a tomb raider like series i'm like word oh so that could be sick and then i keep reading it's like and they're and they're wanting to do a marvel marvel like cinematic universe i'm like for what does that fucking mean for tomb raider (laughs) what are they who who else are they adding what are the other characters why and and why why are we doing this? Not everything needs to be the fucking MCU anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got angry. Sorry, I apologize. Oh my God. It's crazy how one like one universe has ruined everybody else doing that thing just because they've gone on for so long. But yeah, I, I, I get it. It's like we've had enough of it, even though we've had it from one company. It's it's so it's just weird. But uh, a few, uh yeah, sorry. It just like I'm already tired and the show isn't even out yet. I know, <laughs> I know. nothing about it and I'm already exhausted. It could be cool. It could be cool. It is weird when it does when they say that. Yes. I wish they would just release the show sometimes. I, I, I'm just not right off the bat, but like mm. without too much information. You don't need the whole synopsis just yet. Just just let us digest it when it comes. And maybe it's on us for uh, getting angry so soon. But when you say words like this, we have reactions like this. Um, yeah, exactly. But uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge is awesome. Fleabag is awesome. So that that fills me with confidence. And then, as Christian said, with the whole connected universe thing, you just like bring me back down <laughs> a little bit <laughs> after after that. So you like stop while you're ahead. Stop while you're ahead. Just stop at Phoebe Waller Bridge and Fleabag Tomb Raider. I'm sold. All right, let's do it. <laughs> the yeah, the interesting part for me, guys, this is the best part. Amazon is purchasing Tomb Raider. There's got to oh. be like a, you know, a twist on words there. Like, oh, yeah, God. Tomb Raider in the forest, the jungle, the Amazon. Get it? Stop Amazon. It. Oh, <laughs> now I do. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But apparently also, in addition to everything you guys said, they're also counting on a new movie and at least, at least one additional video game, which I don't know if they mean one additional video game to what Crystal's already making or if they're just meaning Crystal's project. So, yeah, that's interesting. Great. Is Alicia Vikander coming back for the Tomb Raider movie? Probably not. Is Camila Luddington coming back for the other Tomb Raider game that's supposed to be interconnected in in this universe? Who the fuck knows? (laughs) 
She's going to walk through a portal and then be pulled into the TRU. Sorry. I'm angry, dude. I'm, I'm going to stop talking about this. <laughs> All right. I, uh, well, oh, sorry, bro. No, I'm, I'm still kind of bummed that we didn't get another Tomb Raider 2 after. We, I don't, I don't, what did you just say that? Oh, yeah, Alicia, 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 Alicia Bikander. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't good. I liked it, though. I enjoyed my time with it. <laughs> you said that so happy. It wasn't good. I agree. <laughs> but I still enjoyed my time watching it as well. I saw it in theater. <laughs> I were like, oh, this, is, this is perfectly okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Tyler has a great idea. Kratos could come in to hunt some tombs with her because Amazon's Stop. doing that, too. <laughs> it's all connected. Yeah, it's all. Yep. <laughs> Makes sense, though. All right, we'll stop, Christian. PSVR <laughs> two news. We've got some news here on some uh, projections this and is, production. This is numbers. so funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, Bloomberg has reported that Sony has reduced projections for the initial launch of PlayStation VR two. Is very interesting. Uh, Sony had previously aimed to have two million headsets ready for the launch quarter and leverage its second generation headset to drive user growth and adoption for VR. The company now has plans to ship around 1.5 million units between this April and March next year. They added though that figure may be adjusted further in response to demand. Uh, Sony has went against this saying Sony, uh, officially said that it has not cut PlayStation VR 2 production numbers, denying the Bloomberg report. Uh, so, like, all these things are, like, flowing through my head, and Tom Warren pointed this out. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but he said it's worth pointing out that having forecasts for PSVR 2 shipments isn't the same as cutting PSVR 2 production numbers. So Sony mm. isn't fully denying the Bloomberg report by saying this. Um, yeah. So, no matter what, I think the interesting thing is going to be how how much interest there is at launch for this thing because Sony's got to deliver some interest really, really quickly. Okay, my turn to speak. Yes. I have the share, the yes. sharing ball, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There is one counter argument to be made that I've seen floating around, which is valid, and that um, pre-orders are still limited to. Sony's own website where you have to sign up to get information and then be like, okay, you can now sign up to pre-order one of these things. So naturally with that sort of like approach, there is going to be less numbers to project because less people know about this or are, you know, wanting to do this kind of pre-order. If it was like just at stores, maybe that would have been higher, but that's a big maybe. And that's like something I can't argue against because we, we literally don't know what that would have been looked, what that would have looked like. All that aside, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. If that's the case, because like, let's be real. This thing comes out this month and Sony has done like the bare minimum to market it with no state of play. Um, with, a, I'm sorry, a lackluster lineup for a, a, a launch premium headset that costs just as much as the console itself. Um, yeah, what do you expect? <laughs> Sony? Like, yeah, of course people like no one knows and nobody cares. Maybe if you had some like decent quality like games beyond just Horizon Call of the Wild, which does look pretty pretty great, but is that going to sell units on its own? We've already talked about this. Absolutely not. Uh, you need a lot more games. You need to port over the your PS a lot more from PSVR one into PSVR two, if not backwards compatibility, um, and make sure like other games are, are going to be on this, like Half Life Alex, like that's a huge one, or like more 
I mean, it doesn't have to be half like Alex. That'd be huge, but like other kinds of partnerships. PlayStation um, Plus. For now. Oh, yeah, dude, that'd be, that'd be great for it. Yeah, to yeah. get VR games as well. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. But nothing like that is happening. So, of course, you're going to see low numbers because it doesn't feel like Sony's invested. So why should the consumer? Yep. <clears throat> just to piggyback off of like, what did you expect, Sony, and, and what you just said about the computers only being tied to their website. I didn't know that, but like that makes so much sense. And it, it's just like, you did that. Sony made that choice. It's like, it's yeah. not even like we're not trying to find it. You only have it linked to your site. Like if you had it in more places and it, we're explaining where you can pre-order a little bit more, then maybe the numbers would be higher like you expected and there'd be more like... I remember when they said that, like, we expect these, like, I guess this is what the article is referencing, that they expected, like, this huge number of PSVR 2s to be out in the wild, and they're making this many, and mm -hmm. now they're apparently cutting back, but it's like, you, maybe you could have made that many if you kind of <laughs> showed it off a little bit more, but, yeah, because yeah, they're, this... they're, they're kind of banking on the thing selling itself, mm -hmm. which is not how uh, this is going to work, <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, boy. Sony, Sony, Sony. Yeah. Not good. I think that's that's yeah, <laughs> a it's a real concern right now. And how long are they going to support it if it's not going to get the numbers that they need for you know install base? It's, mm. They're they're at a weird impasse where it's like okay, let's see how this thing does at launch, and then decide how how to support it afterwards. So it's like yeah, the consumer's like, well, let's see if they support it before we right. buy it. That's like endless loop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the price as well. That was also a, yeah, a, absolutely. That's tough. Uh, thing to chew down on, fight on. Yeah. Yeah. Has there ever been a successful peripheral that's like this expensive on console? I feel like there's not ever been. Like you know, Connect was all like 149. You know, PlayStation. I mean, Move. probably the Elite controller. If you want to count that as a peripheral, that's fair. Yeah. Maybe. But even that, that's only what 150. Mm. So. Yeah, and I'm, th I'm thinking. I'm thinking Nintendo, obviously, with like Wii Motion Plus, mm. which would come included, or like the steering wheel. But those came included with games, and really, people are buying that for the games themselves, and not the actual peripheral. So, right. yeah, you're, you're kind of hard pressed to think of uh, answers to that that question, which is a good question. Very interesting. Very interesting. All right, guys, let's move into our fantasy draft check-in. We got a release. You know, I wonder who who got a release. That's Gosh, right. That's right. Dan got a release. Dead Space <laughs> remake has come out, and it is a ninety on Open Critic, which means I've got twenty points on the board to start the year, gents. Let's Jeez, go. Huge. Let's go. Should we talk about what Gage did over the week? Yes, we should. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely. So Gage oh, no. drafted uh, his, you know, five games like the rest of us. Then the, the man went out and uh, started trying to, God love him, he went out and tried to get a bunch of games. And, you know, I'd be proud of him if he had, you know, listened to the rules and uh, kind of paid attention to the rules, Gage, you know, if you're listening to us right now. Because uh, the man spent all of his money. He's got $6 left, guys. Six? Yeah, for... for for reference, we each had $100 to buy games for the rest of the year, and each game minimum bid i think was four bucks per game yep. and he was betting like 20 to 30 dollars per title <laughs> so he went through his money fast and he has now six dollars to get 
one, two, three, four, five, six games uh, spaces <laughs> left, which is not going to happen. Yeah. Statistically, yeah, or mathematically, <laughs> is not possible. So let's just talk about what he did here. He oh, no. he picked up uh, Hogwarts Legacy with a bid of thirty nine dollars, which I told oh, him. God. I told him none of us were going to bid on that. I don't think for at least for that much. Thirty nine dollars. No. Minecraft I think are now though. That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> Minecraft Legends with a bid of twenty dollars. My God. I guess he heard me and Roe like talking highly of it. He's like, man, I gotta get this before they get it. Like, I don't think we're bidding twenty bucks for that. Uh Cyber Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven Phantom Liberty with a twenty dollar bid. Uh this one he did steal from me because I had put in a bid for this as well, but I only bid four dollars because I'm not a madman. He acquired replaced with a bid of fifteen dollars, and then where is this is where it starts to go downhill for him because he tried to acquire Assassin's Creed Mirage with a bid of twenty dollars, but he ran out of money. He he bid too much. On everything, not working. <laughs> yeah. So with him failing to pick up Assassin's Creed Mirage, I actually also put in a bid for Assassin's Creed Mirage, <laughs> and I got it for four dollars. Let's go. Damn. Uh, and then he picked. He also tried to pick up Dead Island Two with a bid of seven dollars. He only had six dollars left to spend, so he didn't get that either. Uh, I also picked up, in addition to Assassin's Creed Mirage, Stalker Two, part of Chernobyl. For four dollars, Alan Wake two for a bit of four dollars, Octopath Traveler two for a bit nice. of four dollars, and Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores for four dollars. All of those four bucks each gauge. Goodness That's how you do it. <clears throat> Dan's already going for the win here. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, but my goodness, I haven't, gauge. I haven't even opened the website since we did it. <laughs> Going I, I I I made a bid uh, earlier this week, so hopefully next week I'll Ooh. I'll have something added to my list. Heck yeah! Love None of you stole year. it. <laughs> no, I haven't put in any bid any bids in this week. Okay. I guess I shouldn't Good. be giving you that insider knowledge. True. I put in lots of bids for oh, lots God. of money. A lots spend, of games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> spend in, spend all your money, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We all need counter picks still. Look out for those. Lots of games to choose from now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into our TLU timeout, guys. The Last of Us Season 2 has been confirmed and will follow the events of the second game. Uh, seemingly, apparently, uh, it's Craig Mazin, right? Uh, he said mm -hmm. it would be split into two seasons. So yeah. as sure. long as it does well still, I'm assuming, then we'll get a Season 3 as well. Uh, so Yeah, good news. Thank you. Uh, they can barely squeeze the first game into one season, so it's very yeah. much expected the second one is split in two. It's also the second game is also written very much like a TV show, so it makes sense. Yeah, and it's of course Hallie, Hallie Gross, TV show writer. Thank you. Super excited for that. Indeed, indeed. And The Last of Us audience also has grown for th the third consecutive week, becoming HBO's fourth current series, averaging 15-plus million viewers per episode. Dang. That's a lot of people. <laughs> Insane. Good for them. Absolutely. 
So let's move into episode three reactions, guys. Long, long time. A lot of people are going to be lauding this or they already have been for the last several days. What an episode that was, guys. Your reaction. Who's going first? You just saying the title, long, long time, gave me chills. Just just you <laughs> uttering those words, like, oh, God, take me back. <laughs> but yeah, that was an incredible episode. I, I it, Me and Gage were talking about it. I think I could just honestly just read what I, I said here and just get it over with. Uh, but it was such a great take on Bill without making him a different character. It was like... Here, I'll just read it. I loved it. I really felt like Bill. Uh, I really liked this Bill. Frank and Bill's relationship was so great. I like how uh, in the game, Bill's advice to Joel for survival was staying alone, and in this show, his advice for him was to was that people like them have to protect those worth protecting, and that may help living in this hell worth it. And I thought that was really cool that they went a different route, but it still felt like like Bill and Frank and Bill's story was so. It was so beautifully told, I cried like at least twice, I think, watching that episode. The first time was when they were playing the piano, and the second time was obviously when it was Frank's last day. But it was, I, I can't just, I'm just going to gush about it, so I'm just going to hand it over to Christian, and maybe I'll be able to form some better thoughts. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I cried three times. And um, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of places for me to start, but. Dude. <laughs> oh, you go, for, okay, you have something else you want to get out, please. It's just the fact that Bill found Frank in the first place, like how he was alone before the apocalypse, alone years during the apocalypse. And the mm -hmm. first person he happens to find is also a gay person. And they have a beautiful relationship. And Bill's first time with a man is with this man. And they're in bed. And it's so beautiful. It's so cute. And he's like, have you done this before? And it's like, the girl is like, okay, okay, let's, let's take this slow. We'll do the normal stuff. It's like, I love this. I love this for Bill. I, I don't know. I just love that scene. It was so so well done. You don't usually see that stuff done well in TV or movies, so it was really cool to see. You don't get a lot of like real romantic, yeah, homosexual depictions in, in media, and they, when they when they do like, there's a lot of like um, stuff surrounding it, like you know Disney having gay characters, but they don't want to market their movies, so they flop and stuff. And this is like a premiere HBO show. That has been growing with every new episode and they drop like one of the best homosexual like love stories that we've seen in a long long time um and it, and it is up there for like one of the best it's really good um well i tweeted about how the last of us the game i think is very clearly about love um and this episode finally finally understands like the core themes of the last of us and puts them on display um in a story that like is vastly expanded from from the game like people are going to be asking like is this better than the game i don't think that's the right question i think that kind of devalues a little bit of like what what this is doing i think it's just different yeah and that's okay um because what we got <laughs> is like phenomenal this is the first episode that i think justifies the existence of the tv show because it's playing to tv shows strength and not just adapting the game into like a passive format for us right um, and I'm surprised that there's a two hour cut of this that just like, didn't make it. I would love it if, if they release some kind of mm. DVD yeah. package after the, the season ends and they have this kind of extended cut. I think I would love to see that. Um, 
and like the writing was fantastic dude like it gave us space with them it gave us people have said like it's like an entire season of a show in the space of an hour and what they really gave us was like a scene that combats the giraffe scene from the game if you haven't played the game then i'll just stop there but the giraffe scene like the strawberry scene hurts yeah but it's mm. so beautiful and it's great like what nick offerman did and i'm forgetting frank's actor's name but they just knocked it out of the park it was a beautiful episode uh and like everything you guys said i, I echo all those sentiments and it, in addition to that like I kind of got another little bit of a fake out, which I liked uh, kind of yeah. like the first, <laughs> yeah, the first episode they did that fake out with the car crash. They kind of did that again where they had their little blow up fight. And I was like, all right, I think I know where this is going. Yeah. Like this is going to go badly. And then the, it changed. They changed that completely. So I thought that was really cool that, uh, and that's the stuff that I told you guys before this started that I wanted to see difference, like pretty decent sized differences and i think this is delivering those big differences i even put in your i put in our chat that i was like i was that person saying like i don't know if this is better than the game adaptation but like you said christian it's different it's just different like they're two different things which hmm. i absolutely appreciate that and um yeah i'm very thankful that they're doing more changes than what i initially thought they were going to do like you know when it was first oh. announced I saw a lot of people complaining that like, oh, this isn't Bill. Um, the, I, I wanted to see Bill and Ellie like have their, you know, their back and forth. Mm. Well, guess what? You could still have that. You can still go back and play the game. Like, yeah, that thing that that still exists for you. Yeah. You know, let, that, let other people go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say in that. I would say that is a fair criticism of this episode where I don't feel like I don't feel like their relationship impacts Joel and Ellie as much as, you know, the games did, I would say, you know, the events of the game bill definitely affects Joel and Ellie in a much more uh, physical way. Like since you meet bill and you experience what bill experienced, bill experienced Frank, you know, doing what he did. I don't, I'm trying not to spoil it if people want to <laughs> play the game, but Obviously, like I feel like that experience, you're not getting through the lens of Joel and Ellie, you're not getting a as impactful experience for them as us as the viewer. I think it's a more impactful experience, uh, which is it's just an interesting conversation, I, yeah. I think. Uh, I, I would say like the the impact that Bill is leaving on Joel in this in the show, though, is different than the game. Absolutely. Like it's not even the same type of impact that. Yeah, it's it's completely different advice as well. Like Bill is like, don't don't fuck with this girl, just stay alone. And in this game, it's like protect Tess, but Tess is already gone, so protect, I guess Ellie mm. in this case, and whoever else may be special to you, which is completely different than what what Bill in the game would say. And I love Bill in the game, and I think Bill's advice in the game is sound for that world as well. It's just how they told this story. It just makes more sense for him, mm. unfortunately, to die and pass on that letter, and that impact is. It's different, but it's yeah. still an impact, I think, on Ellie and Joel, but just not as, as you said, as physical. Right. Yeah, I mean, that what you just said, like, reinforces the entire themes of the game Last of Us. And even last episode, Save You Can Save. And the DLC to the Last of Us game, the Left Behind, which is, let's be all poetic about it. You know, you know die on our own terms. Look at the way this episode ended. Uh, I, one of my friends who 
just picked up a PS5, I think, a week ago, week and a half ago. Um, who is who bought a bunch of games for the first time that is, he's excited to play. He bought T Lu part one. He's gonna buy part two. Uh the God of War games, you know, Spider-Man, etc. And he decided to watch this series before starting the game. Which is gonna be interesting, I think, yeah, after the fact to see those differences. But he texted me um after he watched the episode Monday, uh going, oh, he said, That was unbelievable. I'm a wreck right now. I haven't cried like that and and I don't even know how long. Like this episode had a deep impact on him. And he's not even a game player. He's just a person who just enjoys like quality TV. And that was quality TV. My only criticism, just because we're still on it, is that I I again, I am enjoying oh god. <laughs> what is what is her name? Uh Bella, Bella Ramsey. Yeah. I am enjoying Bella Ramsey's performance. I still question the writing of Ellie herself because yeah. as as we talked about in the DMs, like it feels like uh, her like um survivor's guilt is very much not present in it. Uh and we still got a glimpse of that in the beginning of episode three. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you have six more episodes to to see where this goes, but so far I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I if I like this version of Ellie um more and if they're like doing that to set up the events of season two then that kind of sucks because i think like ellie in season one has a very like dynamic path that she follows that makes what the events happen in season two much more tragic and reinforces that own theme in that game which is a separate discussion but it's only it only works because of the route she went in season one and if they're kind of setting up this more like violent darker thing for ellie and I'm not sure T Lu one hits as hard, or I guess this version, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and I think the other problem is, is like, uh, you know, th- like you're saying, like The Last of Us Part Two takes place me- like years later, so Ellie's a completely different person than you know what she was in Part One in the game. So, like, mm. it makes sense for her to be a very different character. So, yeah. Next week we might see her actually pull the trigger too, with uh, with how she stole the gun at the end, mm. and that being with all the raiders and stuff. That might be might be in, in a situation where she needs to pull it out. Um, but there was a line in this at the beginning where she was talking to Joel about the the scar on his forehead, I think, and he's like, "How'd that happen?" And it's like somebody shot him. He's like, "See, that's cool." It's like, I mean, it is mm. cool, but it, it does definitely feed. Uh, into what Christian's saying is like she's she's really into this violent stuff and I don't I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Gage says in the chat, fans of the game understand the importance of episode three, but I've heard opinions from people who only watch the show that this felt like a filler episode. He said, I think that's fair, even though I obviously disagree. And I could see that. I think that's yeah. Because they're there for one episode, right? Filler yeah. does filler doesn't mean shit when like it's it's directly, directly in dialogue with the themes of the show of The Last of Us. You know, just because it doesn't like focus on the actual characters of Joel and Ellie, right? Doesn't mean it isn't reinforcing those themes at all. So I, I would disagree with the whole concept of filler episode personally. And I think the flashback with Joel and Tess. Uh, very well set up that you know connection that they have with them and made sense for them to get the, to that point in the story like Joel saying we got to go here because I know that you know this guy's here he can help us but yeah and then of course it's tragic when you're like oh Bill's not here well yeah. he is here I guess yeah, but, yeah. 
left the window open. <laughs> yeah. And we get the window shot. Yeah. Yeah. God. So good. Really good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not a long, long time until episode four. <laughs> Man, stop it, please. <laughs> I'm going to cry again. Oh. <laughs> Moving in to what you got for me. Uh, I've been playing a lot of stuff, guys. I'm so happy that I'm actually completing games this year. This is the year of Hell completing yeah. games. <laughs> completing games for me. Uh, I started you a sure? little... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm killing it. I have a list already of multiple that I've beaten this year. I'm I'm happy. It's doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> uh Hi-Fi Rush. I started about an hour and a half or so into it. Very much enjoying it. Uh I'll let you know other people who have played, I'm not gonna spoil who, uh, <laughs> who are probably well more versed to talk about it as they've played much more than me. But I'm very much enjoying it thus far. Gonna be excited to go back to that this week. But I beat GoldenEye 007, the re-release, just for the nostalgia. And my God, can I just say, I never want to play that again. Like, that was, (laughs) you know, that was cool for the nostalgia factor. But those missions are terribly structured. And I had... I mean, half the time I didn't even know what I was doing because it doesn't like give you any information. It's basically throwing you into a level and saying, good luck. Like, what are you supposed to do? Who knows? Gamers are so spoiled these days. They need quest markers. (laughs) Come on. I do. I do very much so. There was a couple missions I literally had to look up on YouTube because I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm reading the objectives and it doesn't make sense. Nothing I'm doing is making sense. That was me in Halo, so I could only imagine that's true. Playing that's fair. That is fair. Uh, So yeah, I beat that. And then uh, more importantly, I have beaten Dead Space remake as well. And yes, beaten. All 14 hours I've put into this game. I did every side mission, everything. I love this game. I freaking love the remake. It's a really good remake. Very happy with it. Thank you, EA Motive, for doing this. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm super excited if they do a Dead Space 2 remake, and maybe they'll do like a Dead Space 3 redo because nobody wants Dead Space 3 again, of course. but yeah, very good, very good game. It, it feels so good too, like the controls, because I remember replaying Dead Space not that long ago, like a few years ago, and it was very clunky, you know, nowadays. Like there's certain elements that I really love, the plasma cutter, such a good weapon, always the first weapon I fully upgrade. Oh, it just feels so good. I'm I'm so happy that they did a great job with this remake. So yeah. Ro, what you got for me? Yes. Oh, I'll start off with uh, my the other two before getting into uh, uh, Hi-Fi Rush because those uh, will be quicker. But uh, for Tales of Arise, I told you guys about it in my in the chat. So I'm like 40 hours into this game, and I come up upon the, the what I thought was the final boss. I've been hyping up this guy this entire time. His name is Volron. That sounds like a final boss name. He looks like a final <laughs> boss. The, the fight feels like a final boss fight, and I beat him. And I'm like, okay. Like, that felt climactic enough, but I, there's a couple loose ends here. Maybe they'll explain it in a cutscene. And a cutscene happens, and then this random person shows up, and a bunch of crazy shit happens, and this guy says, it's only just begun. <laughs> what do you mean it's only just begun? I've been playing for 40 hours. What do you mean? 
and yeah, there's there's a lot more game to play. Um, I'm happy about it, but that was like, it was like, what the hell? <laughs> and it was a good twist, but at the same time, I was like, I've been playing this game for 40 hours. What do you mean there's more? Um, but yeah, it's it's a good time, so I, I don't mind. Uh, the other game that I've been playing is A Space for the Unbound. I told you guys about it a little while ago. It has I finished the first chapter today, and uh, it was good already, but it definitely uh, got its twist now. Like something happened where it's like, okay, I need to keep playing. I understand the hook of this now, and I want to see what happens with these characters and this world. So it's it's only getting better from from where I started. So I'm excited to see more. And of course, Hi-Fi Rush, um, the Fantastic game by Tango uh, Tango Gameworks, I think is the studio's name. Um, but yeah, it's a fantastic game, and it's like it's a 3D action game, I guess you could describe it. And you um, are fighting to the beat, and it's like a bunch of cool rock songs. Some are, are licensed songs from like Nine Inch Nails and other cool uh, artists as well. But um, it's so such a stylish game, and I, and I beat it now. And the boss battles just keep getting better and better is like when you beat a boss you're like that was awesome and you go to the next level it's like okay that was awesome and it just keeps getting better and better as you progress through the worlds and i generally had a blast playing it from front to end there wasn't like any slow parts for me i just like enjoyed moving around in the open areas like finding uh side stuff to do as well but the combat is definitely where it shines it's just super fun to get a bunch of chain combos off and uh, upgrade your character which is chai um, and the characters as well, I guess, is the most important thing. And the writing is fantastic. And just everything just like feeds off of each other and makes it all a fantastic experience. So like it's a uh, yeah, it's really great work by uh, Tango Games. Again, something that you wouldn't have expected until now. So I'm glad that they were able mm -hmm. to kind of spread their wings and do something a little bit different. Heck yeah. Different is the important thing. Like that's that's really cool. Uh... I hope Microsoft continues allowing their teams to do that. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I feel like replaying it, honestly, it was so good. Christian, what you got for me? Dude, I've been fighting the Dead Space remake FOMO so hard. <laughs> but I, like I said, I told you, I'm not buying it until it's on sale. Because um, <laughs> I'm busy. I'm busy right now with other, with other stuff and other projects. I just, I don't know. If I were to start playing Dead Space, I'd just like just do that and not do the other stuff that I'm working on. That's fair. Um, I did start Hi-Fi Rush the night it came out. I played like an hour and a half. I was like, this is fun. I never started again. It's still on my PC, though, so I probably will go back when I'm free. Um, doing projects is hard sometimes, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this publicly, publicly to Ro, just because Ro will get it. The thing that I'm working on, which you guys know, um, I'm approaching the like the finalization of part one, and uh, it is like just as long as the entirety of the Solar Punk video. And I'm like, wow! Oh wow! <laughs> this is uh, this is this is dense work. Part but it's one, fun, yeah. <laughs> but it's also really difficult. Yeah. So I've been just working at that and the large popcorn stuff, and then every now and then you got to squabble up on Fortnite with the lads for whatever <laughs> reason, catch a few dubs, and then I sent you guys a video of what I I, got, I ate an edible on Saturday and had like the most anime ending to a Fortnite match I could have ever had. Absolutely it it rocked. So if you posted that on YouTube, I feel like it would get like it'll go viral. At least the ending part. <laughs> Dude, the, that the was insane. Discord <laughs> chat was insane. I have like all this adrenaline I don't know what to do with and everyone's like popping off. I'm silent because I'm high. God. It's breathing all hard. <laughs> Incredible. 
I, I after watching that, I was like, I gotta get into this. Like, once you Fortnite, when Fortnite changes again, it was like, you lost. Were you there during the the the, the All Might era? It's like, no, I missed it. It's like, <laughs> I need to, I need to be there for the Deku Smash era mm, of Fortnite mm-hmm. before it's gone. They added the Kamehameha last night. The Kamehamehas, they're back. Dude, so now it's the Smashes versus the Kamehamehas. It's crazy. Why am I playing this? Why am I playing Fortnite in 2023, dude? <laughs> I could be playing Dead Space and a Space for the Unbound, but I'm playing fucking Fortnite. I can't stop. I need to pull you guys into build mode and we can have a tree. No, I'm good. No. Oh, come I'm on. Sure. If I'm, I'm playing Fortnite, it's that. no build. No. That, yep. that was my <laughs> favorite part about Fortnite was the building. I love that. Oh, well, you no enjoy that. The same. <laughs> yeah. oh. Anywho. Let's move into the topic of the show, guys. Live services are all over the place. The destruction of them are inevitable, question mark. Uh, Let's talk about a couple of stories first before we get into that. Respawn has announced that they are sunsetting Apex Legends mobile. Uh, They said they may bring it back to mobile in the future in some format without their current mobile development partner, Lightspeed Studio, which I believe is owned by Tencent if I remember correctly. Um, And they also announced that they are not offering refunds for in-game purchases, citing the EA EA EULA, so E-U-L-A, as the reasoning for this. Um, So not great uh, great news for people who are playing on mobile, of course. Usually mobile players are like younger kids, at least in the U.S. Uh, So that is kind of unfortunate that they're basically saying, sorry, you're out of luck here if you bought anything for Apex Mobile. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I, and, I, and I feel like I'll be more forgiving of that if they let you transfer over yes. to, like, the regular one, but I don't think they're even doing no. that. So, yeah, that, that really sucks. Indeed. It's all gone now. <laughs> all that money. Yeah. Too much money. Uh, We also got news on the same story that Battlefield Mobile is also shutting down as well as Industrial Toys, who is the developer of Battlefield Mobile. So a bunch of layoffs there. You hate to see that, uh, of course, coming on the backs of all the other layoffs we've gotten lately from Microsoft and others as well. Um, So, yeah, uh, definitely dire situation there for EA on the mobile front. I wonder if it's just a changing tide or if maybe it's too much ongoing support for all these projects. You can't handle 20 million different projects going on at one time, I guess. Mm. I mean, this is a lot going on for just mobile. I don't know. Uh, And then one more story before we dive into some of these thoughts. Rumbleverse is shutting down after only six months. The game will go offline at the end of February, which is ooh, season two will be the last season for the game. That is a wild statement right there. Like, yeah. and maybe in, indicative of, you know, again, too many uh, live services trying to compete with one another. There's only a certain amount of mind share, I guess, that you can have from that. Um, other live before again other live service games i just wanted to list these real quick that have shut down or had major issues recently in addition to the ones we just talked about babylon's fall the servers are shutting down this month marvel avengers <laughs> yeah marvel avengers end of support is coming anthem has end of support splitgate has end of support 
Of course, Halo Infinite, we've talked about their troubled first year. Hopefully, they're on the upswing this year. Uh, but yeah, like all these issues with these ongoing live service games, like it does bring up some interesting questions. Like, at what point is there too many live services where people can't play all of these live services? Obviously, Destiny is a huge live service that Bungie seems to do a really great job at keeping a decent base of people that allows them to continue doing that. But like these other studios, mm. is there too many? There too many. You guys? say Destiny is huge, and it is. But like, let's be real: they play the story content for a week, and then they get raid ready, yeah. and then the raid drops. And then a month, suddenly a month has gone by, and it's like, wow, we're still doing the same thing. And we're not happy with what we're doing in Destiny anymore. Uh, what are we going to do? I guess just hold off until the next expansion and then sprint repeat. Um, to answer your question, like, is this the end of live service? Was that what you said at the beginning? Uh, yeah, the destruction, I but, guess, of live service. Is this service? the destruction of live service? I mean, obviously not, I yeah. think, is, is the answer. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like, there's always going to be some kind of multiplayer game that exists and that people are gra- going to gravitate to. It's going to shift around a lot, and we never know what's going to what's going to hit with audiences. But there's always going to be something. I think that like you're right that it people are getting tired of having, like you said, like mindshare. People don't want to have a lot of people don't want a bunch of jobs to do in their in their free time that they want that they have to juggle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, like I, I can't help but think of like Knockout City, which was an and supremely unique game and so fun. Mm. But like, let's be real. Like after the first two weeks, like where did that go? Is it still getting support? I, I don't even know. To be to be honest, I, I didn't know Rumbleverse was still getting support, and it, it blows that it's you know going to end. But like that's the that's the reality. Even the big games like Warzone Two mm. is still massively suffer, suffering because people didn't like the new changes. And now they're changing everything back to Warzone 1, and people are still unhappy because, like, well, what's the point of having Warzone 2? It's just the same as Warzone 1. They're damned if they do, damned if they don't. It's like, what? I don't know. Like, what is the answer? You know? Yeah. <clears throat> it's interesting to, like, look at the, the ones that are, quote-unquote, successful, like uh, Rocket League, I guess, might be a good example. Yo! Destiny, I, I would say, is a good example, but I do agree with what Christian's saying about, like, the community is like stuck in a love-hate relationship loop with it, it, it myself sure. included, where it's like, yes, I can't wait for Lightfall. And then Lightfall comes around, and I love it. And then a couple weeks <laughs> later, I was like, God, why am I doing this? Why am I grinding for right. a gun yeah. so I can go do an activity to get the next gun? And, and I guess that's kind of the whole point of most life service games is to play to get the next thing. But as Christian said, it kind of feels like a job after a while, depending on the type, uh, depending on the game. Um, but Still, there are successful ones like Destiny and, and Rocket League, and I, I, I kind of scratch my head to, fi- to like, what are they doing Fortnite. so different that the other ones are, are not? And I feel like the other ones are trying to copy those, those games, but they're just not... I guess it is really down to that mindshare that you're talking about. There's already so much that are, is consuming us that we like so much already that we're not going to give up our time to try something new that's already so similar to what we already already like. So you have to do something different to stand out. And a lot of people aren't trying something different. They're just doing the same thing because they see that same thing working and they're not kind of experimenting enough. Yeah, and they're like they're all looking for a hundred percent of people's mind share, like you were saying, both of you were saying. 
the if every single developer is looking for a hundred percent of people's mind share, like there's no room left for other stuff. Like, and that was that was kind of like what I was running into last year with Halo Infinite. I was grinding it so much, which it's not to say that I didn't enjoy it because I love Halo Infinite and I love playing it, but like me playing it so much to get every single weekly ultimate reward every week was meaning I was suffering and being able to complete other things, as you guys know, because many weeks went by last year where I said, yeah, didn't complete anything again because I spent so much of my time in Halo Infinite, which to their credit now, I am glad 343 has made changes to the way their battle uh, or their weekly ultimate reward works where they're significantly easier to do now and half as many um, um, challenges that you have to complete. So I get those done in no time now. And that's the kind of stuff I love seeing from these live services. Give us easier ways to acquire these new things each week or whatever, whatever your cadence is, because then you're going to continue to bring people back into your game and still allow them to go to other games as well. Like even, you know, if you're EA, for instance, I'm sure EA has multiple live services, live service games. They're trying to support Apex Battlefield, I guess, sort of. Um, but like you got to have mindshare for all of those people if you want all these people to go to all these different projects. Otherwise, they, there's not enough mindshare for people to go to all these different things at the same time. <clears throat> all right. Uh, there's also there's a like the the one the successful ones that we're talking about like Destiny and Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, there was another one that I was thinking of, but I I lost it. But I also feel like, and we talked about it with the uh, mobile games where they're just shutting down so quickly on Rumbleverse too. It's like, and I know that nobody wants to fail, but I feel like the willingness to fail and grow better is super important as well because a lot of those successful games had terrible launches, terrible first years but they kept with it and they were willing to spend the money to to recoup those losses and make a great game out of it. And I don't think a lot of companies are willing to do that because at the end of the day, they're trying to make the money and I can't mm. be mad at them for that. But it takes time to get these games in a good place because they are live service games. So you got to keep updating them. And if you're not willing to put in the time to make it what you had envisioned in your head, it'll never be that because a lot of the games on here have really great aspects to them. Like Anthem's gameplay was awesome, but it didn't have any any uh, content to to play <laughs> to play that awesome combat in. Um, Babylon's Fallen, I I, <laughs> I failed to find anything awesome about that, but I, I haven't played it. Marvel's Avenger had a really cool uh, story, uh, so if they worked on the combat a little bit better, I feel like they could have gone, done some really cool episodic adventures if they worked on that as well. So, but they just they stick to either one thing that they that usually isn't the good thing about the game, and then they see that nobody likes it, and then they shut it down. It's like, well, you had something, but you're yeah. focusing on the wrong thing here. And like I was gonna ask you guys how we how do we improve that, but you literally just answered that perfectly, Ro. Like every case is different. Like you know, all these different live services don't have the same problem. There's many different problems that they're all encountering. Like you said, Marvel's Avengers with their combat or Halo Infinite with too much grindiness or Destiny with too much of the same content after you've completed everything. Like there's so many, like every, so many layers that all of these developers have to figure out, like what do we, what can we do better to make it, you know, a better yeah. experience? The, the thing for me is like, how can, when you ask, how can we can improve them? 
I think a lot of it stems from the the approach of the game design, like the philosophy of like it feels like a lot of the the I don't know the modern day life service games that like do fail is that they approach it as like how can we keep players um invested? Like how do we like maximize like not replayability but like playable time? How do we keep them busy with stuff to do so that they exist in our game? When really like it you gotta go back down the fundamentals of like is this game fun, right? And then work from there. Rocket League succeeds because, like, that is a very... Break it down, it's just it's soccer with cars, right? Yeah. <laughs> as long as the game is fun, people are going to keep coming back because that is, like, endless fun. And then it's just, like... Luck, to, luck plays a big part of it. And I'm thinking, again, to Knockout City because that game is fun. Um, but it ended up being more of a distraction for people. Uh, even Splitgate, like, I thought Splitgate was tons of fun but that again was more of a distraction like i played it played it for like a couple days and then and then bounced out because like i don't want to keep playing it right and we just again we just never know what people are gonna supremely gravitate to and and, and really stick with another great example that i thought of that when ro was talking about like making sure the stuff is good first or working hard to make sure the stuff ends up being good eventually it's final fantasy the um mm. the mmo which came out and was like not good at all yeah, and it took years for them to to like they grew a huge audience that's not like one of the most successful games for them because they put in the work to make engaging gameplay for that kind of gameplay not not for me but uh <laughs> but also like but also like a like fantastically written stories hmm. and they keep doing that like they'll do a new expansion with like oh my god this story's fantastic and we're doing activities with friends that are really fun it's like yeah, yeah. so i see people are so hyped for 16 because i'm pretty sure the same writer from the yes. from 14 is writing 16. And people are like, oh, sweet. I never got to experience those amazing stories that people keep talking about because 14 is such a big time commitment. But now I, mm -hmm. I get to. And now, like you were saying, Christian, they worked on it. And now everybody just says, uh, it's like a meme now, like the critically acclaimed Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. It's like, it actually is because it's good now. Yeah. Interesting. And like, game development is hard. Game yes. Development is hard. <laughs> and like, yep. Christian, you've been playing Fortnite. Like that's one of the best examples of <laughs> ongoing game. But like the the interesting thing with Fortnite is is it's not perfect either. Like look at the store on Fortnite. There's a eighty fucking things you can buy in that store. I've never mm. seen more items that you can buy in my life on that game. But it's it's insane how many pages of stuff you can buy. Um, but I guess it works because they continue to make ongoing changes to the map and to the modes and to the creative and yeah endless support. doing constant collaborations yeah. and, and doing events and stuff like they keep it interesting even within season like there is stuff like every week to two weeks where it's like stuff is changing even if it's still the same island the same characters whatever like they're doing other stuff within it which is uh again <laughs> hard hard to really nail what's going to stick with people yeah if you would have asked me Eight years ago, or maybe it was seven. Oh, you think you'll be playing Fortnite in seven years from now? I'm like, God, no, what are you talking about? This game is so stupid. It's just a ripoff of another battle royale. Like, it, sure, it's kind of fun, but like, no way. <laughs> Every night, 2023, 20, oh, we, we're going to squabble. We're going to drop in the, we're going to thank the bus driver tonight. Yeah. Oh, why not? Christian's constantly. You're constantly thinking about it while you're on the show here. You're just like, how do I get back to Fortnite? I need to get back. No, I'm not an addict. Let's I'm be kidding. real. Come on. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah. They had an Aaron Grande concert in that game. 
That's insane. Yeah. And I missed it. And a Star Wars Still trailer. Dude, yeah. Dude, they had, yeah, they have they had the premiere the Sonic shows. They've had Christopher right. Nolan trailers in there. <laughs> Avengers stuff with the Russos in there. Like, what, is, what is going on? <laughs> I guess the next thing that we could be asking for is the FCU. Fortnite. What? Cinematic no. universe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, yes. Look at Overwatch though. <laughs> they're they're doing a story content mm. pretty soon. Yeah. They're switching up a little bit from the live service acts. Like people are like not very as happy with Overwatch too. Not a lot of meaningful changes happen in that new game. Yeah, it's interesting to see a live service go from not live service. That'll be an interesting one to to see yeah. if that works for them. Yeah, very interesting indeed. So I guess the answer to the question. Is live service games getting destroyed? Probably not. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? The answer may surprise you. <laughs> the world may never know. All right. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Thank you again to everyone joining us live on YouTube and Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you, Ro. Thank you, Christian. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love, and keep on gaming. Green Comet tonight. Go outside. See ya. <laughs>